Let others know that you are definitely a work in progress and that God is still at work teaching, transforming, and changing you. So when we can be honest about where we're at in our own lives and our own spiritual needs, it also gives others permission to do and feel the same way. Something shifts in our hearts and in our interactions with others. If we can stop pretending that we have all the answers and that our lives are perfect, we can also drop the need to win the argument, fix everyone, or close the deal on their salvation. Ask yourself if others feel safe to approach you, even with their sins and their screw-ups. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, Heath, here we are, man. Another glorious day, living the dream in the Pacific Northwest. I love it. I love that every time we say that because I'm like, I, I don't want to live anywhere I, else. I know. How do we get to live here? It's amazing, right? Big, big holiday this week, Turkey Week. Yep. We talked a little bit about that last Monday, but here we are. It's this week. It's coming up. You have a favorite side that is a mandatory that... Oh, too many, man. I mean, that's part, you know, Polish food, bro. That's sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bring one of everything. Yeah, it's, there's too many things. Like, and some of them I could use the, I only know the Polish words for it, but those are my favorites, you know, certain Polish foods. There's this thing called kluskis and which really oh. means noodles, but... You've had them. Yeah, it's amazing. They're Polish type of uh, egg noodle with sauerkraut and onions and butter like crazy. And it's people so good. Are like, I don't like sauerkraut. You'd like this. Yeah, that, you'd like it in that. That's probably the first thing that comes to mind. Now, it's interesting. Tina, she's kind of picked up on this and being sort of the consummate missionary. She, she always asks people, like, well, what can we bring? She'll say, bring your favorite side dish from growing up. Huh. Something that, like, growing up you loved, right? Yeah. And then she'll always ask to tell the story of how they learned to make it, who taught them, why oh, it's their cool. favorite. And it's always this little precious little insight into grandma or mom or my sisters and I used to get to help my mom or my dad make this. Yeah. Or, yeah. That so, is really funny. Yeah, pretty cool. I think the thing that, um, the two mandatories for me, one is cranberry sauce. And I don't care if it's canned and cheap and gross or... If it's the kind with the good berries, I just have you to like have cranberries. You like both and? Yep, both. Equally. Okay, Facebook group, uh, cranberry sauce, the, <laughs> the canned gel yep. with no chunks, or do you or like with the berries and chunks? Because that's kind of like briefers, you know, briefs or boxers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one that I is mandatory, and it's harder and harder to find, is a straight rhubarb pie. I don't want strawberry rhubarb. So you and I are brothers from another mother. We've talked yeah. about this. Yeah, I don't want pie. strawberries in my no, rhubarb pie. No, just no. the rhubarb. Yeah. See, I don't necessarily connect that to Thanksgiving, but I should. Oh, um, pie? Yeah. Tina started growing uh, rhubarb outside the house. Yeah. And, you know, the first year, you're like, hey, we got some rhubarb. Second year, like, hey, the whole yard is rhubarb. <laughs> Third year is like, foundation might be splitting. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Call Is there someone to call about this? Like, <laughs> what is going on? So, no, now, and she knows this, she only makes straight up rhubarb. I mean, uh, rhubarb. Straight yeah. up rhubarb. I said rhubarb. No, rhubarb. Yep. See, now my mouth is watering, dude. I love them so much. It's so good. Have you had Tina's? Oh, yeah. She made me one for my birthday last year. Oh, that's right. It was so good. Well, okay. Right. So here's something as we move into the topic. This is a season where you're probably having a lot of people in your house. And if you try to be perfect all the time, this is a this is a holiday that's really going to test those limits because- No kidding. You can't hide it. Right. right? When you've you got family yeah, over. Because no one is. Yeah. <laughs> no one is perfect. You don't have a perfect home or table or Martha Stewart cooking skills. Unless you're Tina. But yeah. fights are going to happen, right? Yeah. So scripture and literally virtually all of human history has shown us that if there's one thing 
that we most have in common with every other human being. It's our sinful nature. No one's perfect, not even by a long shot. And it seems like this week's episode, we're going to go on an all-out assault on behavior modification techniques, correct? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, because like you said, no one's perfect. And like trying to hide that stuff is behavioral modification. It really is. It's like, like, I know that's in your heart still, but you know, it's that whole, like with the kids, you know, like I'm sitting on the outside, but inside I'm standing up, you know, (laughs) exactly. Right. And so, yeah, we want to talk about this today and about, you know, not hiding imperfections, letting, why we want to let our imperfections actually show to others and how it affects them. And it takes the pressure off of us and everybody around us and all that. Yeah. It's big. It's actually, and it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it really is. But there's such freedom in it. There really is. <laughs> That's one thing I really appreciate about you. And if I, I think I know you well, and if I know you at all, I would assume that you would argue that when we're being open and honest with our imperfections, that that's the time that we actually really get a chance to model the kindness and the redemption and the patience of God on our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when we feel like we still, even as believers, have to like keep the masks in place, mm-hmm. what we're saying is you... If you knew the real me, you wouldn't love me. Hmm. But then that that kind of is only like a, a tick away from God does know the real you. And, he and he's crazy you. about you. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I think, well, yeah, but God does, so it's okay. But everybody else, no. Like, wait a minute. God's the glorious one. He's mm-hmm. the most glorious. And so when we've got his approval and we know he loves us enough to send his son to die in our place, like, oh my goodness, like we are set free. So absolutely, when we... When we let our imperfection show, when we let our redemption show, I used to say, like, just let your freak flag fly, you know, <laughs> just let people see the real you. Yeah. Because then you don't have to ever wonder, you know, like, right. is my mask in place? Did I, how did I say that? Whatever. You're free and you're modeling, you know what? God's glorious and he loves me like crazy and I don't have to hide. And guess what? Neither do you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And and that's, that's such a picture of, of the gospel because God does know us, and he knew us in, in our depth of our worseness. He still mm-hmm. sent his son, right? And and let's embrace that, and let's show people we really believe that, that it's transforming our, yeah. our lives. Yeah. You know, one thing that you've talked about, and I know you've written on this a bit in the past too, is how often we let other people's sins uh, both define them and divide us, divide a relationship, right? Yeah. How do we go about changing that? Because I don't want that to be the case. Yeah, it, but you're right. It, it is. It's like, think about it. And like, God's not this way. It says that in God, our sins are as far as the East is from the West, that he mm-hmm. remembers them no more. It's not like, oh, he kind of sort of doesn't remember. No, he's chosen in his sovereignty to say, when your sins were forgiven, they were put away. And I think of you, Heath, and I go, what sin? Hmm. Like, I, it's not like, oh, he's, he's the guy, you know, I forgave Heath of this, this, and this. That's how God thinks of Heath. Yeah. But, you know, he's my son, so that's why I did it. You know? long gone, yeah. No, it's like, what sin? And yet we usually like let other people's sin sort of define them. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that guy used to be a tweaker, you know, yeah. he used to be hooked on fill in the blank, right? Or whatever. Sure. Or, you know, I used to go, um, I used to be in business with that guy, but yeah, he was kind of a cheater. He kind of cheated me and everything. It was like 30 years ago, and we're friends and all, but you know, but it was sure. like you still let it define your relationship, you let it define them. Yep. And it's, it's really that part of that do equals be distortion, like what people have done is how we place value on them, but God doesn't, Hmm. okay? And so how do we begin to change that? Well, for instance, like, do you struggle with a certain attitude in life about something or certain types of people or a certain sin in your life? Hmm. Well, don't hide that. See, that's usually the thing we want to hide the most. 
Like, I, I'm kind of a pretty good person, and most people don't know this about me, but I'm kind of a racist or something, you know, or yeah, whatever. Sure. It was the way I was raised or whatever. Yep. Don't hide that from others, especially if you think they might have similar challenges. It's a hmm. good place to start off <laughs> a conversation about that issue is by admitting your own weaknesses and that you, but you're sitting in forgiveness now and God's changing that about you, right? Hmm. Or how about this? Have you experienced forgiveness for past sins or hurts and pain in your life? Revel in it instead of like, oh man, that's, yeah, I sucked. And you know, but no, revel in the fact that you've experienced forgiveness now, that that's past, that God's mm-hmm. not remembering. Don't pretend it never happened or that moving past the issue somehow due to your amazing willpower and strength. Give God the credit due and give others hope that he can do the same in their life. Amen. My dad was not a believer when I was growing up. In fact, far from it. Sure. And pretty hard. We have talked about that. And um, but but praise God, at about fifty, he 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 came to a true saving relationship with Christ and began to change radically fast. So cool. like, it was crazy. Yeah. Right. But then year after decade after year after year, whenever we would say something to my dad or thank him for something or praise God for something in his life, he'd go like well, yeah, praise God, but you know, I was a I was a drunk and a, and a mean, you know. And I'm like, Dad, every mm. time he couldn't let it go, and, and you know, and he he, but he and he he had a hard time flipping it. Yeah, that's true. But let's revel in the fact that that's not who you are now, yeah. and you're forgiven. Yeah, and, I hear and, a lot of Christians do the same thing. Like, well, you know, I'm just I'm such a sinner. It's like, no, you're actually a saint first and foremost. Yeah, a- amen. <laughs> it's a it's a lead swim. Revel in that and give God the credit due because that's going to actually give hope. In fact, part of my own sort of really truly coming to like uh, like I'm laying down my life to Jesus hmm. was watching my dad change so much because though I was raised in the church and he was mean and wasn't a part of it, sure. um, and I was a Christian, quote unquote, so I'd said the prayer a million times. I had never been discipled, and Jesus was certainly not Lord. But when my, as a young man, when I watched my dad lay his life down mm-hmm. and start to change so radically, oh my, and I knew it was God, had to be God, because <laughs> all the fighting in the world hadn't changed anything, and all the hopes and promises, and you know all these things. And so that that gave me great hope. Wait a minute, if if my dad maybe me, right? Yeah. Um, how about this? If you're waking up to new truths and insights from God in His Word, like mm-hmm. like share that stuff. You don't have to pretend and act like we have all the answers and have a lock on all biblical truth. So like when you're in the word and something like seems like, you know, I've read this a million times and probably I don't know how I've missed it. But today, boom, this is so new and fresh. It seems so simple. See, none of us were born with this knowledge and we don't have to pretend that we were. Let others know that you're definitely a work in progress and God is still at work teaching and transforming and changing you. Hmm. See, because when we can be honest about where we're at in our own lives and our own spiritual need, it also gives others permission to do the same, yep. to feel the same. Something shifts in our heart and in our interactions with others. And we've stopped pretending that we have all the answers, then our lives are perfect. We can also then drop the need to try to win, you know, win the argument and fix everyone or close the deal on their salvation. Yeah. So you know, start by asking yourself if others feel safe to approach you, even with their sin and, and mistakes and screw-ups. You know, truthfully, and please hear this, the pressure's off for you and for them. Hmm. And and by the way, I'm talking about with other believers too, not just with non-Christians. Yeah. Because that's, in you know, our holy huddle is where we generally, you know, I got to look like I really got this unlocked and I, I know the word and of course I don't sin in that way anymore. And yep. I, I understand all these things and it's like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Like let your redemption show. Like the pressure's off. 
Well, and the beauty of this too is the flip is that this goes from what we're talking about is speaking about the heart of identity, who we are, mm-hmm. and so much less about action, the do to be, what we've done, mm-hmm. right? And so many times I've heard in the church, people lead with action and and not ever truly be able to grasp their true identity because they're so stuck on their action defining their identity. And how hard they're working at changing themselves now that they're Christians. Yeah, I just got to try harder. You gotta, know, and I'm really going to church now and I'm doing the 12 steps yeah. or, or whatever it is. Yeah, reading my know? Bible, of and, course. And I'm going to say none of those are bad. Yeah. Right? But if they're the main thing, identity, who's the hero, right? Yeah. And and what's beautiful is thinking this way, starting with identity, it really does make Jesus the hero of the story. Yep. That's right. Admitting our need, letting our redemption show makes Jesus the hero of our story. Mm -hmm. It really does. And so much of this flows from us believing that our true value in life comes from the reality that we're his image bearer Hmm. and we, what we do does not equal who we are. Yep. Like he looked at all of our doing. And went, whoa, not even close to holy and nothing like my son, Jesus. <laughs> sure. Right? But we have to be first be willing to not be the heroes of our own story, mm-hmm. to be willing to die to the need of having to manage how others perceive us and our value, trusting God with who he says we are now and the blessings that he has for us. Yep. Nothing to earn, okay, by putting on these hero masks and trying to make sure people perceive us as nearly perfect, but trusting God our redemption to God and let others see that he gets the glory. He's the hero. And now they can believe, wait a minute, God sees who we are, not what we've done and who he's making us to be. And he looks at us and sees Christ. Oh, that's so big and so beautiful. Yeah. And it's, and it's right there just by letting our redemption show instead of trying to hide it and keep the mask in place, keep that hero mask up. Well, and the other thing that it does is the trickle down effect of it downstream is that it frees other people. Like it frees us from having expectations of others having to be perfect in our eyes as well, mm-hmm. right? People, people can feel free to be themselves, to like admit who they yeah. honestly are. When, where you, when you're at. willing to cop on yourself and yeah. then show how much God's at work and changing you, then others don't feel like, oh, you probably are holding me to some crazy high standard. Yeah, right. You're like, man, you're being gracious to yourself because yeah. of who you are, uh-huh. identity. Then, then you're not going to be so hard on me, quick to pounce on my issues, right? Exactly. And something amazing begins to actually happen That's there. right. There's trust there. There's an openness. There's like, hey, I, I, I feel safe with this person. I mean, I really attribute, I think, a lot of my own God's blessing of leadership is that I'm a pretty big screw-up and know it. Yeah. And, and I can't even believe how much grace has been in my life and how much sure. God has just blessed and blessed and blessed me and my family and my kids now into the uh, next generation. And I don't, I've, I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe it's just, I can't hide it. There's <laughs> just so much <laughs> of it. And I've had to repent publicly, you know, as pastor and as leader so many times like sure. I have. And I think in that though, God's grace is sufficient and people yeah. see it and they go, well, he's not so great, hmm. but his God's great. Yeah. And that's all he's really trying to help me see is more of God. Anyway, he's not trying to make, I don't want to be like him. He's kind of screw up. You know? <laughs> yeah, I want to be you like know? Jesus. So, yeah, I know. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. And um, just like we talked about back at the beginning t- today, it starts to put us all back on level ground. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us having this same common need for redemption and restoration. That's that's our that's our most common need that we have yeah. with everybody else. Like like you said at the beginning, you know, and and the fact that we're all powerless to do this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We all need Jesus. That is our common need. So regardless of what category you like to drop people in or define them by their sin or like their race or their political affiliations or their orientations or all these things, just remember the thing you have most in common with them that overarches all of that and trumps all of that 
is our common need for Jesus and redemption. So letting our imperfections and redemption show to others acts as an invitation into our relationship and journey with Christ. Yeah, It really does. You're kind of inviting them into lifting the lid of what God's doing in your life and in that journey, and then they find a seat at the table themselves. It's so big. It's so powerful. Well, the fun thing is like we've set here for the last few minutes, this whole episode has been about us talking about our sin, but in a way that makes Jesus the hero. And it is, it's freeing and it's engaging yeah. and it's invigorating and it's beautiful because God is a God of redemption. Yep. And you notice that's it. The focus isn't on our sinfulness. It's on his glory and redemption. Yeah. Right? Because I know there's whole strains of the ch- church family here that all they focus is on sin. Yeah. God's not sitting there. You know, Jesus isn't on the throne freaking out about sin in our life. Why? Because he's already paid for it on the cross. Yeah. It's already been put aside far, far away. Like, yeah. like he's not freaking out about it, but we can be honest about the redemption that's happening, the restoration yeah. that's going on. Dude, oh, you know what? So I, you good. know, I photo, You know, when I used to focus so much on the sin, I just it was like a never-ending, cruel game of whack-a-mole. Because when you start oh. thinking you've got something figured out, yeah. something else pops up, and if you're just chasing that modification, it's going to exhaust you. And everybody assumes you're chasing it in their life for them. <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. just waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Yep. Yeah. No. Let Jesus be the hero. Exactly. All right, man, let's get to the big three for this week. Uh, and you can get the big three as a printable PDF as a download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. And these are the three takeaways, if nothing else, we want you to walk away with from this week's show. Caesar, what are the big three? Yeah, don't miss these. Real short and sweet today. Number one thing we have most in common with every other human being is our own sinful nature. No one's perfect, not by a long shot. By not trying to hide, though, our imperfections, we actually find ourselves on the same side with others instead of worrying about who's in and who's out. Mm. So it's a real leveler. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. Next, remember, it was when we were still in love with our sin that Jesus died for us. Huh. That's how God showed his great love for us, yeah. right? That's Romans 5, 8. And that redemption and restoration within us is still happening today. Yep. Do you see yourself as a saved sinner? Or is God's child who still sins, but believe that it's all been paid for and washed away, and it's far from your relationship with mm. God now? Yeah. Well, that's mind-blowing, man. Number and then three. third, give God the credit due for the changes that are happening in your life and faith, right? That's back to making Jesus the hero of the story. This will give others hope that he can do the same in their life. Mm. Start living more openly about all of this with your spouse and others who are close to you and you really know. That's where you start, okay? And maybe you're not ready to do this at work or you know, stand up in front of the church and do it. We're not even yeah. suggesting that, but start doing it with your spouse and others close to you. Speaking about your own redemption is part of growing in your gospel fluency, by the way. Yep. And a bonus tip, please, please, please talk with your own kids about how God is still changing your heart in your life. Hmm. This will encourage them to seek and trust him more instead of hiding from you and from God and others. Yeah, if God's doing this in dad and mom's life, then he's sure to do it in mine as well. Amen. Amen. Okay, those big three takeaways, again, if you want them as a downloadable PDF for free, you get them by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. And if you haven't yet joined a Facebook group, go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, what's up next week? Next week, we're going to talk about Christian stereotypes and how to change them. <laughs> There's a lot oh, of them. And they're not, off, they're not good, are well, they? Well, they're not good. <laughs> stereotypes generally aren't. That's know? true, but so, there are a lot of but them. But we've, we've got some well-earned ones that are in need of some change. Well, let's go a-smashing. All right. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.